Hello everybody, my name is Luke Thomas. I am trying to get this goddamn stream to work the right way. I think we're doing just fine. So, if you are just now joining me, let me uh, start things off by saying welcome. This is the UFC on Fox 27, what do you want to call it? The very first episode, I don't know what to call it. So I'm just going to call it episode one of the Luke cast. Thank you guys so much for watching. Let's do this, shall we? Let's shall. Uh, hold on just a second, huh? Let's do this. Oh, for crying out loud. All right. There we are. Thank you guys so much for watching. I don't know exactly how this is going to go. Uh, I know the initial part of the stream got a little jacked up because I'm still working out some of the kinks on this. So, you know, bear with me. It's my very first stream on Twitch. Here's a little secret. It's also st uh, streaming right now on YouTube. However, if you want to get any kind of interaction with me, that's going to be the, uh, the best way to do it is going to be, um, is going to be on uh, stream, uh, Twitch. Excuse me. So... There we go. All right. How is this going to work? Well, we're going to go until the main event is over, and then I'm going to be done today. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing with this, but here's what I am going to be doing in a general sense, in a larger perspective. I'm going to call this, even though I fucking hate this name, I'm going to call this the Luke Cast, which I realize is not a good name, but here's my point. I want... So I have my live chats on MMA Fighting, I have my Monday Morning Analyst, I even have my post-fight shows that I do on my YouTube channel, like none of that's changing. I even have those watch parties that I did, there we go, hold on, turn that off. Those are coming back um, in this quarter with Othello and Raphael, but if it's just going to be me, I can't call it a watch party, can I? It's got to be something different. Plus, I want to be able to use this for not just MMA events, but anything. I'm not going to do it for the Super Bowl, but I want to have a podcast and a mega cast anyway where I can do this for like a Super Bowl or a Skins game or, I don't know, the Oscars or just anything. Anything that airs on TV, anything that I'm watching and you're watching at the same time. So the tentative name for this is going to be the Luke Cast. I am I am open to suggestion. If you want to email me, LukeThomasNews at gmail.com is going to be the best place to do that. Um, and I'll take some suggestions there and we can go uh, with that. Uh, but I want to start my own franchise where it's just me doing this. We're going to do all the watch parties. We're going to keep doing the other stuff. I'm yet adding more responsibility to myself. You can't see this because I can't turn this camera based on the fixed position that I have it lined up. Man, it's a busy day in my life, huh? Um, so the way... Let me just tell you all what's going on in my life as this UFC on Fox thing gets started here. Yeah, there's Derek Brunson. Uh... So, basically, you guys know, if you watch any of my podcast stuff, and even this one is not, you know, I'm still experimenting. But basically, if you watch any of my stuff, you'll note that the level of technology has been garbage for the entirety of its existence. And I think I'm ready for that to be over. Now, there's a lot of steps to fix that. That includes getting the right equipment. That includes getting the right kind of um, internet speeds. That includes... Frankly, renovating my home to a degree. Now, not major renovations, but some. And those started today. Um, my wife and I, this is true. I haven't told anybody this before. The way it works is we have a, we have like a finished upstairs. There's a bathroom right here. It doesn't have a shower, but there's a, an entire upstairs here that we don't really use. So what we're going to do is we're going to move up here. We have to fabricate. We have to add a wall here, which is actually easier than I thought it would be. Um, 
And so my wife and I are going to move upstairs and then we're going to use what are, is currently our existing bedrooms. I'm going to turn that into a, a studio. That's what we're going to do. So the Mac laptop, which I'm doing this on, is like the very minimal piece. I've also built or I ordered a uh, custom built like PC tower to do like like balls out streaming. Uh, I've got better internet now, although that's only going to be really, really good when you can connect hardlined um, to the PC tower because a Mac laptop it has a maximum amount that it can do uh, in terms of internet signal it can tolerate. So there's still a lot of adjustments that have to happen. I have to take out the fan in my bedroom. I have to put in some recessed lighting. I have to repaint it. There's a lot of things that have to happen. This is a work in progress, but that's basically what I'm going to be doing. Um, and my goal is to be done at the end of first quarter 2018, fingers crossed, inshallah. So that's what I've been up to. That's what this is all about. Um, and there's a lot more I have to get camera, I mean, extra camera equipment. I mean, there's so many things I have to get, but slowly. And you're asking how I can afford that. I'm going to make a YouTube video uh, to explain how I did it because it's, I don't just have all this cash lying around. Like there's, I had to work out certain um, features to make that happen. So, so anyway, that's what I'm up to y'all. So the wall is halfway done. It needs painting. It needs sanding. And then again, I got to add the recessed lighting. I got to take out the fan. I got to paint. I got to move all our shit up here. Uh, it's, it's quite an ordeal. Um, but, but yeah, I'm trying to do this the right way. So my goal is to be able to stream. And this is the goal. My goal is to be able to stream with super high quality uh, on a legitimate gaming style uh, PC tower. You know, turn some extra lights in this bitch. There we go. Um, and to do it like almost like you're looking through a DSLR at the same time. Like I want it to be legit. So anyway, you are here. And I'm sweating through this goddamn lights. You are here to watch uh, UFC on Fox. Um, let's see. 27. So here's how it looks on my screen at the moment, right? I'm going to just sort of set this up. You can see this. I believe this should do it. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay. Let's see if I can transition this over. No. Why is that not working now? Bro, I tell you what. This shit is harder than it looks. It's not essential. Let's see here. Let's see, undo. All right, this worked every other time. So let's see if it's, why isn't it working now? You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Really? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. All right, well, I'll try and start it and tell you, let y'all know what time this is going so you can time it accordingly. In any case, so I'm going to be just sort of talking through the action, and we'll see how this goes. I, this might be a complete disaster. This might be really fun. I have a booze drink in hand, like so. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. All right, let's see here. Why isn't this going through? I would like to be able to show you this. You're going to be like, look, you didn't test this out? Yeah, of course I tested it out. I'm trying to get, like, I have a little corner of my screen I'm trying to share it here where I've got the thing. All right, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Fucking hell. All right. So we've got, let's see, we got Dom. We got John Anik wrapping up top of the screen. Huh? 
Y'all been picking on Dom Cruz today. I don't know why y'all picking on Dom Cruz. He's the best commentator the UFC's got, right? I mean, you could say what Paul Felder's good. He is good. He's still getting his feet wet, you know. Uh, Dom Cruz is the best one. He just doesn't really smug way that everyone kind of gets angry at, but not me. That's 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 like right up my alley. I love it. Um, so, cheers to the first ever poorly named episode one of the Loopcast. Mmm. Might be asking appropriately. Luke, why don't you have Jim Beam? And the answer is, uh, I was too lazy to go get some, and we had vodka in the house. So, there you go. It's very, very good. Uh, and by good, I mean it's low-quality vodka that I have added a mixer to to make it palatable to drink in bulk. All right, so let's see what's up on um, chat here. Are you going to read the chat, donkey? Yes. Someone says, fuck Cruz. No, fuck you. Someone says, DC is better than Felder, is better than Joe, is better than Cruz. Y'all are just picking on Cruz because he's he's a little too scientific, I think. But that's exactly what I want. I saw Kaposa, Grabaka Hitman, t- tweeting about it saying, you know, where are we? Are we at a fucking library or are we at the, uh, the fights? Yeah, I want to be at a fights at a library. That actually sounds to me like the perfect scenario. Uh... Favorite strains, you mean of hate? So it says, I got a bit of that Eagle Rare going. An excellent bourbon, right? For the money, I don't think you can get much better. I would agree with that. Someone says, is it with Mountain Dew? No, it's like some OJ bullshit we had in the house. Um, Will you get a sub button? How does that work? So here's my understanding about Twitch, right? My understanding about Twitch is there's a couple of things you can do. One is that you can become an affiliate. And I think you just have to meet certain performance metrics to do that. So like what, 50 subs... You have to stream like seven or eight times in the course of a 30-day period. You have to have like at least three concurrent viewers. So like as long as I do this enough times, I should meet that threshold. I don't know the other parts here. I think the, for the affiliate program, don't you have – or the uh, partner program, don't you have to apply to that? I mean this is my first stream. I feel like I need to do more before I'm ready for that. So, I mean the answer is yes, but I'll, I have to wait. You can turn the lights way down. All right, let's turn the lights way down. Let's get romantic in here, bitches. Give us a woo. Woo! <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the only problem with Twitch is it's hard to sync up to the broadcast. Uh, if you're watching on something like Fox Sports Go, YouTube is easier for that. There is a YouTube stream going as well. If you're watching on YouTube, salute. All right. What are we watching now? Watching ads for some stupid-ass movie? What is this? God damn it, why can I not share? I have a window. I'm using OBS, and I had this all worked out, man. I tested it a gazillion times. You're all like, make sure you test the stream before you go live. Yo, I did. Why the fuck is that not going? I do not get it. I don't know. I don't know why that's not working, but I'll get it next time. Also lesson learned on this don't really stream on max i don't really recommend it because they're not good for that i love max um but nah i've got like literally i got a mac that in terms of cpu and gpu performance is not going to get much better and for max anyway and uh now it has issues so there you go uh, affiliate is like 50 subs and three concurrent viewers and partner you have to apply when you're a much larger streamer yeah okay Fair enough. So I'll wait a little bit, and we'll see how it goes. Blood fam, Vanger out, you understand. A little shout out to um, troops from Arsenal Fan TV. Y'all see Arsenal Fan TV is in New Orleans. 
You should read the comment section on Arsenal Fan TV. It's a bunch of toothless Brits lecturing Americans about soccer fandom. It's like the lowest form of life on earth. Although I, lo I do love that channel. Get Mighty Mouse to help you. Yes, I should. All right, so what are you boys? Ex what are you boys and girls expecting for the fights today? Right, so we're gonna kick off with Drew Dober and um, Frank Camacho. I'm expecting bloodthirsty action. I think that's what I'm looking forward to in this one. This should be a really good contest, actually. Um, uh, I mentioned this on the preview show on MMA Fighting. Frank is a guy that used to train around here, and he went back to Guam, I think, uh, for a time. But I know he fights in this incredibly fearsome way. Frank is like one of the sweetest dudes I've ever met in, in all of martial arts. Like, uh, he's a ferocious competitor, but like outside of that, smiley, helpful, kind, generous, just a good person. Like you, you, people ask me like, what's a good person you could root for, you know, that, you know, behind the scenes. So yo, you can easily root for Frank Camacho. You can easily root for him. Let's see. Someone says, you guys need lecturing on soccer. Yeah, but not from you. Uh, affiliate is just three average viewers. Luke, I think he means partner, which requires 75 concurrent viewers. So you're easily going to re-get it. Oh, so it's only 75 concurrent viewers? This is going to sound like an incredibly stupid question, which it is. How do I tell how many concurrent viewers I have on Twitch? How do I do that? <laughs> Americans shouldn't be allowed to comment. On the beautiful game. All right, here we go, boys and girls. Drew Dober, Frank Camacho, Bruce Buffer is about to introduce them. This should be fun. Right now I have 295. Doesn't feel like a lot, but I guess it's my first stream, so... We'll see how this goes. I'm determined to get this goddamn screen share to work. I'm determined. Dedicated and determined. Really not essential, but it was a nice little thing I tried. Let's try that. Let's see how this works. What the fuck? Whatever. All right. There we are. There's Frank fighting at welterweight for some reason in this one. He is the underdog at 140 or plus 140 rather. Looks like he's got a bit of a hero there. It's got a chest tattoo that looks like an eagle, but it's made out of chest hair. And there's Drew Dober. Drew Dober had a nice knockout over Josh Berkman at UFC 214. Did you guys see that? I was walking in the building at UFC 214, and I saw him just put him away. Stuck with me. This should be fun. What streaming software are you using, Donk? I'm using OBS this time I almost bought Wirecast I'm not above buying Wirecast but everyone told me don't do that it's uh, it's needlessly expensive so uh, but when I get the PC tower I'm going to be using vMix I'll use vMix for that put your stream category as IRL so you can get more people to find your stream I don't know how to do that all right here we go they have started we are at four 50. Here we go. Drew Dober taking a southpaw stance. Frank Camacho, right-handed stance. Frank Camacho getting right, right away work to the body. Drew Dober looking for the outside lead foot. Boom, there he goes. Steps outside, goes left to the body. Let's see here. Oop. 
Oh, right away, tons of action, right away. I feel like there's going to be a clash of heads in this contest. Can you put a timer on the screen next time? Yes. It's my first time doing this on OBS. Gotta be forgiving. Oof. Frank Camacho so strong. So strong taking him down like that. Let's see if Drew Dober frames up here. Let's see what old Camacho does with it. You know, this shit, when you're framing up like this and you're just holding a bicep and he's got an arm here, you do that long enough, man, it will burn your arms out. And he's going to try and swim behind him here. Let's see. Not bad. Drudober sits up against the fence. Strong hips from Drudober to do that. Did you see that? Oof. So it says the quality of the stream is immaculate, though. Every time I do this, it's going to get better and better. Your YouTube sub description of this says it's wrong, says it's 220 recap. I'll have to edit that out later. I, don't, I can't really fix it right now, I don't think. Oh, I might be able to fix that. Hold on. Let's see if I can fix that. I'll fix it between rounds here. Frank Camacho up in his grill. That's the only way he knows how to fight, man. Cup shot. Like high five. Thanks for kicking me in the balls, bro. Did you guys see that Mirsad Bektic? Like overhand to the gut? Oh my god. That was vicious. Drew Dober mixing it up in and out of range. Trying to cut angles. I feel like Frank Camacho, as talented as he is, kind of fights everyone the same way. I don't know that like he gets overly game plan specific for a guy. Oof. Man. Action fight right away. Love the elbow. Brandon Gibson was talking about that. How you're going to see more elbows. Oh, another sweep. Foot sweep. And essentially a sort of like a turnaround trip there from Frank Camacho. Frank Camacho strong in that position, man. Really strong. I got to tell you, all this stuff about framing like this, you can frame for a second. But especially as like your frame gets up where your elbows get higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. That's how you can get, number one, tired. And then you can see what Frank Camacho is doing here where you now scoop your hands underneath the elbows. And now your elbows get separated from your body. And that's just all bad news. And now you can see he's trying to find, trying to find an underhook wherever he can. Camacho passes, moves to mount, side to side, and now he's back in half. Here comes the triangle. I feel like Drew Dober's legs are a little thick with two C's for a triangle, but stranger things have happened. 
Oof. There it is. Nah. Didn't have his hips up high enough on the arm bar. Like how he's attacking underneath. If you're going to be in full guard, throw them bows, player. Got a little knee shield now from Drew Dober. Pushing away. Now he's got a Z, Z, almost a Z guard. Pushes away. Stands. There we go. Let him know, fellas. Oh! Oh! Right hand sat him down a little bit. Well done. All right. Let's see if I can fix this stream. Hmm? Let's see. Let's do this. There we go. All right. I have fixed that on the YouTube stream. So if you're watching on YouTube, apologies for the confusion in the description box. I have now fixed it. There we are. All right. Can you count in the first 15 seconds? Yes. Here we go. Sweet. Trips him, turns him in a corner, pulls him over behind the armpit. Good stuff. All right. Four, 59, 58, 57, 56, 55, 54, 53, 52, 51, 50. Here we are. Camacho taking center, driving into him. Easily stuffed shot. No setup on that shot whatsoever from Drew Dober. Now they're clinching again. Let's see if he gets tripped again. Drew Dober tries taking him down, but didn't really get anything behind him. Just kind of turned him at the waist. That's better. But Camacho had the far side underhook. Sick balance from Camacho to get his hips on top. By the way, if someone's been like, oh, you should get a sub button. Yo, if you want to help me out for Twitch, do me a favor. Just email me, LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. Tell me what I need to do. This is literally my first time on Twitch. I don't know what I'm doing. I admit it right up front. It wasn't already apparently obvious. Just do that, please. Look, have you seen the trailer for HBO's Andre the Giant? Yes, even I am interested in that. Andre the Giant was obviously like a hero when I was a kid. This one says 1080p is too high. I don't know. It looks fine on my screen. Dust on the lens. Yes, that's true. But I'm not going to touch it with my fingers. Can you count the whole round? I sure can't. Here comes Drew Dober. Got to get off the fence there, Frank. Frank's guaranteed action, man, but he just it's just one gear every fight, every round, every time. Drew Dober, like, literally like a jumping underhook. I don't know. Y'all are claiming they're having problems with the uh, feed, but the feed looks good for me. Let's see if I can fix it. Hang on. 
Now Drew Dober's really sort of t- taking over, leading with the jab, finding a home for the left hand with Camacho leaning up against the fence. Let's see what I can do here for you all as I put this on so I don't lose it. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Y'all are complaining about the feed, but the feed looks fine for me. How do I fix the... Let's see, let me check out on my YouTube channel. Let's see how it looks. It looks fine to me. I don't know what y'all are complaining about. Let's get back to the fight. Fuck this. Judober is absolutely taking over now. Barely missing on left hands. Just sort of like really setting him up with the right. Literally pushing his head into position. And he's going to find a home for this left here. Frank Camacho is a warrior, man. Drew Dober looking for that home run shot. Better set it up with the jab still. There it is. Body work. Frank Camacho is going to mouth open like he's Artur Abraham against Edison Miranda. Surprise is not going, well, not necessarily true because he can get counter if he went to the leg kick. I like the jab work. Faking and fainting. Level changing there from Drew Dober. That's what I want to see. Good lord, man. Camacho the turn. Oof. Two hard right hooks from Drew Dober. And now a left from Camacho. Oh my god. You know, Fox always engineers these opening fights on the um on the main card to be as geared towards excitement as possible. And you just sort of looked at this one on paper, you're like, Drew Dober has become much more enamored, rightly so, with his striking, and Camacho's just zombie gear. That's really the only gear that he knows, right? Just sort of driving headfirst into a fight. This is this is the kind of I mean Camacho, you know he's just he's just a bulldog, and so this one was guaranteed to produce. Look at these guys trading at the end, but it looks like Dober's getting the better of it. Everything being set up from that jab, good job. Settings, quality. I've got quality set on auto. What's the fuck y'all are talking about? Oh, here we go. Let's see if I can fix this. Yeah, I've got quality set to auto and not the 1080. Yeah, exactly. Quality is fine. Fuck y'all. <laughs> now, there's going to be a moment, probably between, if not this fight and the next one, uh, where I have to go to the bathroom. So I'll put up something that I hope will last on the screen as like a placeholder. And then I will uh, 
come back. So there you go. Did I watch the uh, the boxing fights today? No. No, I didn't. All right, here we go. Round three. We're at 52, 50, 50 49, 48, 47. Sure enough, right away back in the center. Dober not setting up any of the takedowns with punches. Dives right into it. And, of course, Camacho gets the underhook and the overhook. Spins off against the fence, and there they go. They're back at it. Camacho like literally like hustling into him. Shootover shouldn't be trading. Should be popping behind the jab, making a miss. Camacho's style works if he can be in close enough contact that uh, the sort of like the rhythm combination punching he gets back to fixes the problem of of essentially the, the lack of, a, of specificity in attack, right? Like, let me just be in space and go and move, right? And just throw. That's what he's trying to do. So if you can stick behind the jab, that really eliminates a lot of that. And and but if you try and trade with him, where you're going to go throw a one two three piece combo, that can be a problem. Get really really work behind the jab, start making a miss, start making a miss, disrupt his rhythm, and then begin to pour on some of the extra shots. Now here's Dober in on a shot at 350 mark. Camacho's trying to get a far side underhook to break it apart. He can't get it. Turns runs the pipe, tries to double off, can't get it. And then Camacho with another foot sweep. Brilliant. Brilliant at 335. That is brilliant. Camacho's so nasty with those. And now what do you have with Dober? He's got a frame here, right? And now the elbow is getting pulled away. There's a great video. God, who did it? Um, not Marilla Santana. Who is it? Uh, I can see his face in my head. Um, fuck, what is his name? I'll, it'll come to me. He's got a great video on never letting your elbows get separated from your body if you can avoid it. Get behind that jab, Drew. There it is. Jab and pull. Changing angles, resetting. Nice left hook. We're now at 243. Oh, nice knee from Camacho. I actually have my YouTube stream up too, so if y'all want to talk shit, you can do it over there as well. There it is. Nice left hand from Drew. Backing up, setting... Ugh, gotta get out of the way, man. Both these guys are scoring with a shot and then not withdrawing the hand or not scoring and then setting off at an angle. They're kind of just popping and then kind of bringing the hand here and so they're just they're both ripe for the counter which is why this has been sort of a back and forth there that's better from drew at 156 popping the jab and then cutting the corner afterwards that's what you want to see much better drew dober's a good striker frank camacho is a good striker but frank camacho frank camacho is just you know he's the he's that guy you ever seen that that video of that like that redneck in tennessee He's got like the American flag and there's like a fucking hurricane and he's playing like Metallica or something and he's just head bobbing as the winds are whipping into his face and the rain is cracking him and you know everyone is sheltered up inside you know to, to be away from this maelstrom of of uh, you know of, of you know mother nature's fury and he's just in there fucking ah that's Frank Camacho man he's that guy he's just the Guam version of that 
And now Drudober, good, getting his back off the fence with a minute left to go. He cannot be up against there. I've talked about this before. Look at Drudober now behind the two black lines now that we have a minute left. Watch how his game significantly changes. I'm telling you. Defensive footwork, evasive footwork might be the biggest area of need in all the mixed martial arts, even with really, really good fighters like Drew Dober. Now that's better. Now he's sort of creating some space. But now he's got to stay off the fence, Drew. Hard body work there from Frank Camacho. 30 seconds to go. Boy, this is not the kind of career that's going to be one of longevity given the style of Frank Camacho, but it is going to be one of enormous respect. Oh. 10 seconds. Oh, they're trading. Oh, shit. Here comes Frank. Frank's trying to put it on him. Oh, he can barely. Oh, shit. Oh, good fight, boys. Good fight. Yeah. Hell yeah. God, that prelim card on this thing was fucking horrible, was it not? Oh my lord. This was so much better. So much better. How do you feel about this thick build that both fighters have for MMA? I don't read too much into sort of... That's like the modern version of phrenology. Can I just say, I see your Nile shirt and sacrifice unto Seebeck is a fucking lethal song. I saw them at the uh, Howard Theater, and it was a bunch of um, donkeys who were there, but they put on a good show, man. Tips hat, crack and fight. Fuck yeah, dude. You know what? Cheers to those boys. That was a hell of a show. Good job. Frank Camacho is just guaranteed action, man. Guaranteed. Can you get a background that doesn't look like ISIS abducted you? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Trust me, I know. It looks like I'm about to, uh, you know, Allah Akbar and all that shit. Yes, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's a fucking curtain. I get it. It's terrible. Baby steps, y'all. I got, I, we have to literally renovate my house in order for me to fix this. That won't happen overnight. That The renovations should be, should should be done next Saturday. I can't guarantee that, but that, that's that's our, our aim. And then we have to move everything up here, and then I have to set everything up downstairs. So it's coming. It's coming. We're going to have depth of field. We're going to have three different shots in there. We're going to have a couch shot so we can do the, the watch parties again, a stand-up spot. I'm going to have like a desk with like double monitors and like a TV screen we can point to, and it's going to be the shit, but it's going to take some time. And in the meantime, I got abducted by ISIS. Someone says, I think you are slightly too harsh on the female fights. Easy to forget how young the sport is for them. And I think you are far too accommodating of bad fighting. All right, here we go. I can't hear this, so I'm going to have to sort of assume who's winning here based on the reactions. Let's see. Drew Dober. I was not scoring that fight. Interesting. What were the scores? Let me see on Twitter.
All right. How'd you guys score that one? How would you say you scored it? I did not score that in real time, so I'm not of much value in this regard. Meanwhile, let me fix this other feed. It's a lot going on, y'all. There we go. Now I got it. All right. I'm going to try this one more time. How the fuck is this not working? get that at all bro oh I know what the issue is here No, I don't. I honestly have no clue. There we go. All right. First fight in. There we go. Three more to go. God, when when they do these 10 fight or whatever this fucking 10 p.m. six fight main cards, it honestly hurts my soul. It is it is one of the most painful things I've ever seen. Here we have Tyron Woodley and Michael Bisping, mean mugging. For reasons that remain totally unclear to anybody. Any NASCAR fans? I don't really hate on NASCAR. I don't really watch it, but... I don't know. Uh, do you have the correct scene not locked and then the correct source selected? I, I, trust me when I tell you, I had everything worked out. I don't know what's going on, but... Is it an OBS issue? I can take... Uh, it's a window capture. And I can take it and I can pull it onto my screen, and then when I hit the transition button, it won't show up on the on the on the when I have studio mode, it won't show up in the in the second screen. So there you go. How bad have the woos been tonight? I have largely had it on mute, or not mute, but low volume, because I do like Dominic Cruz's commentary. I will say that. I'll admit that. And if you don't, it's because you love Osama bin Laden. Whatever happened to Todd Grisham? Uh, he works for Glory. And uh, he, I think we'll do some cards in the future. But you know who's been like a bit of a revelation? Is the Paul Felder-Brendan Fitzgerald combo. They're good. UFC 3 comes out in six days. Now since you are a Twitch streamer, will we see you... Game UFC 3, I'd rather honestly get Ebola shot directly into my eyeballs. No, you will not. Bobby Green reminded them of the woos, did he? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's hilarious. Luke, are you more of a most deaf or DOS FX guy? Neither. And you know, I like most deaf, I guess. Uh, Miss Fat Booty is a great song. Uh, you know what I don't like is Taleb Kweli, who's a fucking... He just hectors people about his socially conscious issues. 
most of which are entirely disagreeable. And also, I don't listen to rap for that. I listen to rap for the exact opposite reason. Now, you can say whatever you want about that, but I'm just speaking to my source of fandom. Hearing about, you know, like... I don't. I don't think Colin Kaepernick should be out of the league. But I don't want to go on iTunes. I don't, I'm not going to go on iTunes. But I don't want to go on Spotify and listen to a song about why you support him kneeling. Like I, I don't give a fuck. I'd rather. I'd rather you do something like Scarface, where you talk about in cold blood, uh, murdering people and screwing over your drug dealing business partners so you can have all the money. That is more up my alley. If there's not a shooting, a stabbing, a killing, or some kind of metaphorical backstabbing. Kind of checked out on it, to be honest. Someone says, I, someone says, I had floor seats to 220, was so excited. One of the loudest, drunkest donks I've seen was directly behind me, wooing every 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Well, he should have been escorted out. Luke, clean your lens. There is dust on it. I have some lens wipes here. I know what you're talking about. Let's see. About as good as it's gonna get tonight, folks. So, if it ain't good enough, oh, now I made it worse. What the fuck? Told y'all. Now it's fucking worse. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ, what did we do? What did y'all do? Is the big question. It's literally worse now. For fuck's sake, why did I listen to you? Stop giving me bad fucking advice. Fuck, man. For crying out loud. For crying out fucking loud, man. Are you shitting me? Now it's bothering me. see if that helps not really no fucking lord well now it's fucked so now the stream is fucked (laughs) because i listened to bad advice fuck y'all that's my attitude about this fuck y'all it's from the lights yo yeah i know well too bad it's the glare there we are all right rub it on your jeans (laughs) Some of y'all are funny. Some of y'all are funny. All right. What's the word on this? Why are they showing front squats here? The fuck are we watching? Oh, it's Gregor Gillespie and Jordan Rinaldi? Yes, this is interesting. Gregor Gillespie, four-time, let's see, four-time All-American, a national champion in 2007 out of Edinburgh University. Um, Wow, what an impressive kid he is. I'm not a kid anymore, but, you know, prospect anyway. I look forward to, I look forward to seeing how he develops. That should be kind of fun. This should be a, I want to call it a setup fight for Gregor Gillespie, but something of a showcase fight where Rinaldi is talented enough to put up a lot, enough resistance to make it reasonably interesting. Um, however, he feels basically outmatched. 
Someone says, spit on the lens. I'm going to spit on you. Pour some Pepto on it, bro. Me and, me and Pepto are simpatico. All right. Let's check Twitter. Longtime NBA agent Henry Thomas has died. Don't care. Uh, let's see. What are you guys doing on tomorrow? How are you spending your Sunday? I have more renovation to do. And then um, I'm going to go see the post with the wife here in D.C. What are you all going to do? Give us your thoughts on Stipe versus Cormier. Well, I mostly have uh, all week. What do you want me to say? Um, well, I should say yesterday anyway. Um, I mean, look, man, what do you guys want me to say about that? Like, there's a lot of ways to really be positive about it, right? Um, number one, that fight is going to rule. It's an amazing fight. It's going to be super entertaining. Um... I think, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see if Cormier... I mean, look, either guy has a potential to majorly benefit, right? So if you're Cormier, you get two titles in two different weight classes. We join this elite company. Um, yeah, I think beating the heavyweight champion might, in some ways, doesn't necessarily make up for the, the losses to John Jones, but it somehow adds to his resume in a way where it, it clearly solidifies him as an all-time great. I mean, he already is an all-time great, but it really puts him in this incredibly specified, rare, rarefied air. That's part of it. I think the other part for me is uh, for Stipe, being the ultimate fighter, I don't think it's going to be a game changer, but it certainly offers an opportunity for growth. And, um, and you know, in a big fight like this, champion versus champion, it's a chance for Stipe to get the kind of attention and I think promotion that he's looking for. So it, it satisfies a lot of requirements, but here's basically the issue about why this is happening. Ask yourself, like, ask yourself, why is this happening? Like, what is the reason for this? And I think a lot of people would say, well, I would want to see Stipe, given who else is out there, like Verdum. You could fight Verdum again, but there's a bit of rematch fatigue. So that's not what people want to see. So then you could say, well, who else could he fight? He could fight Stipe. He could fight Kane, but who knows when Kane's going to be there. Hunt has a fight coming up. He's got to get past that first. Um, you know, Overeem just got brutally KO'd. So what's, who is Stipe? And, of course, he lost to Stipe before that. So who's Stipe really supposed to fight, right? These are all fair points. So there's a lot of reasons to make the fight when you examine it just on these sort of short-term considerations. Here is the major problem with this, and the one that seriously, I'm not even going to like mince words here, really concerns me. Really concerns me. Why are they making this fight? Right? For a couple of reasons. Any event that they make or any kind of strategic like pivoting they take is a function of the fact that they have an incredible amount of debt that they have to service. Like, everyone is thinking about this, like, what's good for me? And I understand as a fan, you're supposed to, and as a media member, to an extent you're supposed to. Like, I'm not even mad at people for doing that. But just understand, any decision they make is not because, gee, they're sitting there thinking, how can we best make the fans happy? It's, what can we sell to these guys to help pay off this shit? A lot of it is that. The other component here, and that's not even a small component, but the bigger problem here is basically that, do you remember like one of the knocks on John Jones as he was coming through and just beating the shit out of all those light heavyweights? One of the knocks on him was that he beat a bunch of old guys. Now that's a slightly, not even slightly, that's a majorly overstated criticism, but there is a little bit of something to be said for the fact that he was beating guys who were certainly senior to him and a little older in that division. Here's the point about this as this Rinaldi and Gillespie fight gets going. There's supposed to be turnover. 
the young guys are eventually supposed to push through and beat the old guys. The problem is that hasn't happened. The old guys in heavyweight stay around and they push down all the contenders. That happens at light heavyweight too. Like Misha Serkinov was supposed to move through and he just can't make it happen. Right? For example, against Glover Teixeira. So all these old guys are hanging around. So the best contender you can put together is Daniel Cormier. But what does it fucking say when your divisions are in this kind of trouble that you have to rob Peter to pay Paul because you can't get contenders to go through the division. Plus, on top of that, you let Bader and fucking Davis walk for whatever financial reasons you want to let them walk for. Now, that is not looking like the greatest decision on earth. Here's my point. I don't think this has a whole lot to do with, God, how can we just tear the roof off this bitch? The more, this is much more a function of we have an incredible debt load to service and our, the root cause of this is they can't find contenders. The solution to me is not to cannibalize your roster. The solution is to address the root cause. So this is a short-term solution that carries a shitload of potential consequences that I don't think we're going to like if it goes in any way wrong. Will it? Is it guaranteed to go wrong? No. But if it does, oh my god, it could be so bad. Now, the fight has started. 5, 49, 58, 57, 56... 55, here are Rinaldi and Gillespie. All right, Gillespie is in the gray trunks, Rinaldi in the blue. Rinaldi already, not switching stances, but sort of phase shifting here. Both guys standing in the uh, orthodox position. Boy, Gillespie pressuring hard. Pushed him behind the two black lines right away. Little, little uh, Glaube Fetosa kick there. Oh, oh! Gillespie is, Jesus, going after him. Again, defensive footwork. Let's see about that takedown. See what you got. He should kick out the post leg here. Let's see what he does. Nope, let's it go. Gillespie still pushing in hard. He might, and then you see Rinaldi firing uppercut. Yeah, of course. Shoots in. Runs the pipe, gets it, and now Gillespie is on top. There we go. Let's see what he does from here. He's wrapping the head where he comes behind like this, and then you have an underhook forward on this side. It's, 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 I don't prefer it because I have the shoulder mobility of an arthritic 80-year-old, but uh, if you're good like him, like one of these wrestlers, you know who could post off their head, post off their knees. It's, it's a nice way to control somebody. Let's see if he can sort of untangle his legs here or get some kind of passing or some kind of... There it is. Interestingly, he likes to pass to the other side that most people don't like to pass to. Most people like to pass to their left. He passed to his right. Now he's got... Look at look at that. Look at that. Ooh, look at that um, cross face from Gillespie. He had Rinaldi turning away, right? That's when you know it's hard. Bro, I once I've had Bernardo Faria show me his shoulder pressure. I went to Marcelo's one time. I had Bernardo show me that shit. Oh my god, dude. I thought my jaw was about to explode out of my face. I couldn't believe how strong it was. It was shocked. And then he moves to Mount right away. Yeah, boy, Gillespie's a talent. Man, this kid's good. And Ronaldo doesn't want to do it. So look at this mount. So you see how their hips are touching like that? There's different kinds of mount. When your hips are touching, it's because you're driving in and you want to control someone squirmy. It's when you sit up and then you drive underneath their armpits, a la Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman, is when you're looking to do more damage. But right now, when you go when you go flat hip to hip on them like this, you're trying to 
you know, you're trying to control the cobra in the bag, so to speak. Rinaldi tries to turn. Gillespie follows, grabs the behind to control, spins him out. She gets some wrist control here, which he does, turns him. But Gillespie gets his leg pushed through. Now he's in three-quarter mount. There you go. Beat on him. Oh, my God. Gillespie's good. Rinaldi's tough, too, man. Now he's back in um now he's back in half guard. But look at his look at his uh oh look at that shoulder pressure making him turn away. He lost it a little bit though. Now Ronaldo turned into it. Still got the still got the mount. Aggressive passing. Aggressive passing. Look at this. Oh my god. Passed him out, couldn't get it. Kent went to side, then to go took it to go back to mount so he could avoid a leg entanglement as he was pushing through to the position. Very, very, very high level work there from Gregor Gillespie. A little bit loose on position as Rinaldi got to his base, but now, what do you have? The clasped hands against the waist. This position's borderline impossible to break. You see, now you see Rinaldi tries to sit through. In in referee's position in college, they don't allow you to do this. Because if someone, if you get the waist and then the elbow, they blow the whistle, you start going. If you do this behind the waist, when they're wrestling, they call it clasped hands. It's actually like the infraction is called clasped hands. Then they'll stop it and be like, "So you can't do that uh, in MMA. You can." Now he takes the, he puts both hooks in. Dude, he is beating the brakes off Ronaldo here. Oh, oh, <laughs> flattens him out. Got to get on the, you got to get on the wrists as you as you drive the hips in. That's really the key. That's the Habib key. Uh, this might get stopped here. Twenty five seconds in, this might get stopped or left, I should say. This is a 10-8 round, by the way. Oof. That's it. 15 seconds left. Gillespie wins. That kid is a talent, man. Keep your eye on him. He is a talent. He's a real talent. That was aggressive passing. That is smash-mouth jiu-jitsu. That's even a phrase you can use. In your face. Constantly attacking, attacking, attacking. Either a structure you're trying to build, either a position you're trying to evade, either a uh, uh, a strike because it's for MMA purposes on, on the ground you're trying to cover up from. He is he is just laying into you with all three. Hey, there's that one guy who left Team Sarah from the Ultimate Fighter. What was his name? Here he goes, passes right to mount, goes hip to hip like that again. When you see someone like this. And they're hip to hip. It's that that is it. You can't pass from there, right? Because if you think about it, you're locking your body to theirs. But the whole idea is that you can just. It's like putting a lid on, you know, a bunch of boiling lobsters trying to escape. It's what you're sealing it all in. You can't move forward. You have to. You have to let that go. But for the moment, if they're bucking and just going crazy, you just drive it down like that. It really takes it out of them. Plus, it's exhausting too, right? Because you have to extricate yourself from that, um, which takes a lot of energy. Nice work. Nice work. Don't know about the haircut, but we can forgive that, you know. Do you think Daniel Weichel will win the rematch with Pitbull? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I'll do I'll be I'll do a better job of getting behind uh, what the time is on the clock going forward on this. Apologies that I have not been better about that. Someone says, Gillespie ready for a step up in competition. Dan Hooker or Jim Miller, maybe. Yes. This is four fights in. Four fights in. He's beaten the guys in the first round. 
he's absolutely ready for it. And, it's, and frankly, it's not even fair to the other guys who aren't like, who are still working their way up. Give him somebody now that, you know, uh, is a legitimate test relative to his existing abilities. Who do you want to see Zabit face next? I, I would love to see him fight Yair. I'd love to see him fight Yair. Who do you got in the Bellator heavyweight tournament? Ryan Bader, probably. I mean, who, which fighter is closest to their prime? Chael, no. King Mo, I, do, I like King Mo very much, but he's a little bit older. Fedor, no. Mir, no. Uh, Roy, no. Matt, no. Now, those guys are bigger, but Ryan Bader's huge. I don't know. Seems like Ryan Bader might be your best call there. Thoughts on the UFC London card? Seems worse than the last one. Yeah, it is. Next Saturday, Machida versus Anders. Dotson versus Munoz. Also, Shevchenko making a flyweight debut. That should be a lot of fun, right? We'll see how that goes. How good is Anders? I think he's good, but he needs to prove it, prove it before we can say that. What are you drinking? Just vodka and OJ. Some, or not OJ, but some like Kool-Aid shit. Any news on Rothwell? Dude, I keep trying to talk to Rothwell. He doesn't want to talk. I don't know what to tell you. Gregor Gillespie. Well done. Round of applause for Gregor Gillespie. Sick talent. 446 of the first round. TKO. Well done. He is talented. Very, very, very talented guy. Tatted up, too. Yo, at what point are people just going to, like, I mean, I realize people tattoo their faces, but at what point are people just going to tattoo their face? I mean, we're at a point now where, like, everybody has sleeves, right? I mean, everybody has sleeves. Now you're seeing, like, models. Remember, what were those girls' names? The suicide girls. Remember back in the day where there was, like, if you, if you want to do, like, you wanted to be like a lingerie model, or you wanted to do you know some kind of modeling. You, not you couldn't have tattoos, but they basically didn't. And then if you want, you were into that. You went to the Suicide Girls, and they all were like you know pierced up and whatever. And now the, uh, tattoos are so common. You see them on like, I remember I remember when I first started getting tattoos. People were like, well, you know, you'll, you can't be on camera if you want to do that. Now you see like everybody, not just tattoos, tattoos on their hands and knuckles. You know, and I have nothing against it. I, I, I don't have a strong feeling about it one way or the other. Either the tattoo's good or it's not, but I don't have any opinion or objection about tattoos more generally. But it's at the point now where everybody is, like, from the neck down covered. And now you get guys like Cody Garbrandt wearing these, like, nice suits. Like, Cody Garbrandt looks like he could play for Real Madrid. Right? He looks like Sergio Ramos. Where Sergio Ramos is just, like, covered in tats. And then he wears, like, this Hugo Boss, you know, $7,000 suit or something. Uh, that's, what, that's what Cody Garbrandt looks like. So, like, are they going to stop here? I mean, I don't feel like that's, I don't feel like that's really an accurate assessment. Boy, look at the cauliflower ear on Gregor Gillespie, boy. Tough guy, tough guy. Who does that, Luke? It's mostly fighters who get tattoos. Do you don't do? You, how can you say it's mostly fighters who get tattoos if you watch other sports? If you watch other sports, it is abundantly clear that athletes generally get tattoos.
pretty decent crowd, I'd say, at the Woo Center. Stephen Thompson, Chris Weidman. Stephen Thompson about to deliver some newspapers. <laughs> Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley. Old concussion Keekley. All right. Let's see here. Good Lord. All right, so what's next? Bermudez versus Feely. Are they going to show, are they going to bleed this out? Are they going to show uh, some B-roll first? Stock footage? Preview stuff? I'm, I'm going to imagine that this fight with Feely and Bermudez is going to be one of a function of range. Right? Because you have this sort of like super long guy like Go-Go Gadget Arms and Feely. And then you got Bermudez, who a guy who can do a lot, but is better like roughing it up on the inside. Seems very much a function of that. So I guess we're gonna see. All right. So let's do this. I'm about on E. I have to go fill up. Thoughts on Alexis leaving Arsenal for Man U? Who on earth could blame him, dude? Alexis Sanchez is like an is an excellent, excellent player. Now I realize he's had his up and downs like everybody else has, but I mean, if you watch him play for um, Chile and you watch him play for Arsenal, dude, he is just a guy who can play that English style. Where again, you want about Smash Mouth football, not the American kind, but the but the European kind, he can play that style. He, I mean, he is, I don't find him to be particularly injury prone. He's a prolific scorer. He can, he is defensively, when he plays at his best anyway, he's defensively mind, mindful. Now how he's going to fit in with Mourinho, I guess we'll see. But um, I have a, I have a lot of respect for the game of Alexis Sanchez. He isn't, I mean, he is, when I mean, he comes on the pitch, man, right away, you can tell it's a, he's a difference maker. Um, the question for me is not that. The question for me is, because if you don't give a fuck about the team you're playing on, you're never going to be your best anyway. The question for me is, they already got Mkhitaryan, who I realize is not an equivalent trade for Alexis Sanchez. The question is, are they going to get Aubameyang? Because if you reunite from Dortmund, Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, uh, you know, midfield to the forwards there, they got some history. You know, Lacazette, y'all can talk, say whatever you want about Lacazette. I don't think he's that good. Um... And I feel like Arsenal could really benefit from somebody like that who is just, you know, nimble, athletic, quick uh, at the front of the goal. Mighty Mouse at 125 versus Cyborg at 45. Who wins? That's hilarious. Probably Mighty Mouse. You don't know football if you rate Sanchez. Yeah, okay. Sure, buddy. Uh, let's see. Alexis is the goat of losing the ball. Look, he's got his problems too, but... He's pretty good. Luke, stop talking about football. You sound ignorant. Let me tell you something. European fans will lecture American fans about this, and then when you ask them to drill down on their opinion, they are just as fucking stupid. Don't let them tell you you can't talk about it, because you can. Uh, do you think DC will vacate if he wins against Stipe? Well, I don't know what he's going to do. Here's the problem, right? 
there are a couple of scenarios where this can happen where uh, it goes just fine. DC goes and fights Stipe. Let's say he loses to Stipe, and so Stipe keeps his title, and DC goes back to, to 205, maybe has one more fight to, to close out to, uh, 2018. Um, and, you know, maybe whatever. What's his birthday? March. So, you know, whatever. If he wants to get one more fight in 2019, something like that, before his 40th birthday, then then no harm, no foul. But here's the problem. What if he goes and he beats Stipe? And what if he beats Stipe and then, let's say, breaks his own hand or gets some other kind of injury or doesn't even have to beat Stipe? What if he loses to Stipe but has some kind of injury? Like, again, I realize the one that Anderson Silva had against Chris Weidman was particularly catastrophic, but something I'm only pointing out that keeps him from being able to then defend his title. You get these incredibly, um, these, these just, these quagmires, these more, this, this morass that uh, would be good for nobody. Now, it's not the end of the world to have a champ versus champ fight. It's not the end of the world to have some crossover every once in a while. I'm not opposed to that. I think my issue is you want to have that plus DJ TJ plus Cyborg versus Nunez on the same card? I mean, you're, you could potentially tie up six divisions. Here's the point about this. Again, wh- why do you think they're doing this? Because they can't develop meaningful contenders in enough of their divisions. That should give you pause for everyone who goes, goes out there and says, oh, well, we need to add more weight classes to accommodate weight cuts. No, the fuck we do not. What a terrible idea. This would be ruinous for the product. Do not do that at all, number one. Number two, why isn't it we are developing contenders? There's probably a lot of reasons for that. Partly all of this is cyclical. There's not so much you can do. I mean, all you can do is sign your Serkinovs and you can sign your, your Uzdemirs and either they win or they don't. You can't make it be something it's not. So partly it's I think it's just a function of light heavyweight, for example, used to be really great. Now it's not. It might be really great one time again in the future. I, I, I don't really know. So some of this is just bad luck. But what you can do is create systems, procedures, right? Uh, not rules exactly, but uh, I'm a big systems guy. It's not so much the outcome that I pay attention to, although, of course, outcomes matter. I'm not saying outcomes don't matter. What matters is you create the kind of system that over time gives you the best chance to have a sustainable product. And cannibalizing your roster, particularly at the very high end, to accommodate short-term difficulties has seriously long-term consequences, not merely because of the things it could cause if DC wins and then gets injured and can't defend, but more than that, if, number one, this novelty of champ versus champ is going to wear off, and number two, do you really trust WME to say, okay, we don't want to go past a certain point of not really novelty fights, but, you know, this sort of self-cannibalization? you really trust them? Because I don't trust them. The key is to have systems, procedures in place that you can follow. Again, not super rigidly, so they have to make DC versus Steve Bay because, you know, Gustafson can't fight or, uh, or, or you know, whatever. Fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world. You can do one. They, but they carry extra significant risk. And to double and then triple down on it seems like a really bad idea. A really bad idea. So, for me, it, if they have to do it, I guess they have to do it. And is, the, and is that night and that fight going to be awesome? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. But at the same time, if you're going to be in favor of those things, the only thing I'm going to ask you is be aware and cognizant and accepting and sober about the potential complications. The thing that is killing me is the people who are in favor of it. Look, is the argument 
that DC versus Gustafson is better than DC versus Stipe? No, of course it's not. I mean, the first one was good. But I'm talking about the rematch. Like, is DC Gus two? Is that is that more intriguing to you than DC versus Stipe? No, of course it is not. Of course it is not. DC versus Stipe is awesome. It's an awesome fight. I'm not talking about which one is more awesome. As a short term uh, fix, it's it feels amazing. Um, but what you need to understand and accept is, okay, I'm willing to accept the fact that I find it's not only more awesome, but on top of that, it matters to me, uh, or rather I am I am aware that there could be some seriously complicating factors as a consequence. What I don't want to hear is, oh, it's awesome and it's no big deal. Yes, it, yes, it is. Yes, it, it, it quite clearly is. You could potentially tie up two titles in, in, in any number of ways. Who thought to themselves after McGregor beat Alvarez, We'd be here Saturday, January 27th. He'd have fought Mayweather and nobody else since then. I didn't hear one person say this. Not one. Fighter preference can change. Promoter whim can change. Injury can cause problems. Any number of ways this can go wrong. And the more that one person has this kind of concentrated power, the more that becomes a big issue. So if you want to say DC versus Stipe is amazing, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. That night, I'm going to be donkey kicking and fist pumping like everybody else because it's going to be a great night. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And those two guys are, they deserve the kind of shine that they're going to get. I just wish it had come from a different way because I'm not guaranteeing it's going to go bad. I'm acknowledging that there's risk. All I'm asking anyone out there who's in favor of this to say is, I acknowledge that there is a heightened risk that this could go bad. And if you're acknowledging that heightened risk, maybe you want to backpedal a little bit on doubling and tripling down on this champion versus champion thing. And I feel like that's a very strong argument. Who you got in the Dennis-Andre fight? I'm going to say Dennis. I'm going to say Dennis. Media members are so negative. No, we're just not fans. You're a fan. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you like. I'm media. I'm allowed to have whatever opinion I like. If you don't like it, you can close the stream. You can say I'm wrong. That's fine. It's not going to change. But I'm reading the writing on the wall here, and y'all have way too much faith in WME. Way too much faith. You're just sitting there going, look, I like this fight. Yeah, everybody likes this fight, fuckhead. Everybody likes this fight. There's no one out there going like, Stipe versus DC is going to suck balls. No, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Everybody's saying that. That's not The argument is not whether DC versus Stipe is good. The argument is, well, why is this happening? Do I trust WME stewardship? How could this go badly? Like, I just can't imagine a scenario where this, this goes off the rails. Wow, I can imagine a lot, especially under their leadership. All right, here we go. Andre Feely. Taking on Dennis Bermudez. And I didn't even get a drink because I sat there and ran it for an hour. Luke, why do you drink so much? Have you sought help? Yes, at the bottom of a bottle. All right, here we go. Who's in Feely's corner? Danny Castillo? Who's the guy with the mustache? Is that Holdsworth? No, right? Can't quite tell. Fighting spirit stats? What are fighting spirit stats? Oh, is this like a... Uh, it's a Modelo. Like... 
you know, branded thing. The issue with lightweight is the divisions are stacked. As comparison, light heavyweight and lightweight are not, or uh, I think you mean heavyweight. Right. They're willing to do that to the marquee division. Y'all keep, oh, well, the, the heavyweight's not stacked, right? They just did it to lightweight. Look at the fucking mess that happened at lightweight. When, you, when someone gets two titles like that, it's not, if you're fighting three times a year, how on earth is it possible to hold two titles? Like, it's going to end badly. It's going to end badly. So are you want to lather up the soap of, oh, this feels so good right now. Oh, I'm just going to shower in the soap. Uh, and the water, the glorious waters of the fight will join, you know, do it. Have a good time because there, you, you will reap the whirlwind afterwards. Trust me. If you think those divisions are bad now, let's see what happens if DC, DC wins and then can't defend. Oh, boy. Can't wait to see who the new champion and interim champion in heavyweight is. Going to be, going to be magic. Someone says Max is the only champ I trust with two titles. Maybe Max Holloway. Maybe Max Holloway. That's about it. All right. Here's Dennis. 17-7. pounds. Fighting out of Lindenhurst, New York. He's a 160, a minus 160 favorite. Let's see how this goes. Here's my one issue with Dennis Bermudez. He can do a lot. He tends to fight on his opponent's terms. And here is the rockabilly referee, Kevin McDonald. He's going to leave here to go to a drive-by truckers concert. All right, let's see how this goes. The pacing, by the way, not too bad tonight, right? Not too bad. Okay. Bell rings. Let's see. Here we go. 5, 49, 58, 57, 56, 55. 54, 53, 52, 51, 50. All right. Right away, Feely with a jab, and then Bermuda's getting under it. But Bermuda's backing him up, pushing him against the fence. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, Bermuda's, like I mentioned before, tends to fight on his opponent's terms and just sort of like guts through it. I, I, I would like to see him fight in ways that are more accommodating of... of not really things he likes to do, but that best guarantee his success. Here he is, pushing him at night, pushes Philly into the fence at 422. He gets backed off, but still, that's what I want to see. Close quarters is where he has to win this. At range, it's going to be a lot. I'm not saying he can't, but it's just a lot harder for him. Philly switching stances. They're both now in the orthodox stance. Oof. Hard leg kicks. Look like calf kicks, too, from Bermudez eats a couple just coming jabbing in straight like that. And then he rips a nice shot to the body. MMA striking is very much my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. Stephen Wright of War Room MMA has made that point, I think, quite effectively. So there's lots of ways you can switch stances. You can switch it through a combination. You can switch it on the outside. 
I mean, it's, uh, these are just two major ways. That's what you see Feely doing is we'll have some kind of exchange. I switch stance and go a direction. We have an exchange. I switch stance and go the other direction. It's a lot of what he's doing here. Now at 305, double underhooks with, well, it was double underhooks. Yeah, it's still double underhooks. You've got Bermudez getting Feely against the fence. Let's see what he can do with it. Sean Shelby and uh, George Gurgel there, cage side. Ooh. Got a nice gable grip there. Let's see what he can do with it. 235, still against the fence. Tries to go for a trip, but you know, he's nowhere even close to getting it. And now it's a 50-50 position, although it's still Bermudez pressing into him. God, look at the height differential. Good job by Feely of getting in a wedge and then not holding the wedge in place. When you hold the wedge in place, it can get collapsed to use it to create yet another wedge and then build another wedge. And at that point, you're building a frame to escape. Good job. Not a lot of cage cutting happening here from Dennis Bermuda. You notice that? He had Feely behind the two black lines and then chased around to the point where his back was up against the fence. Now, you can do that if you're trying to pull someone in, but if you're chasing them and they're not pressuring, it's not going to work that way necessarily. Nice double, brilliantly timed from Feely. Bermudez gets right up, but that was nicely timed. Caught him coming in, perfect. We're at 118 of the first round. Bermuda's like is jabbing his way on the inside but without moving his head in the process. And so he's just getting I won't say lit up, but he's getting tagged every time on the way in. And here you see that frame again from Feely. Let's see if it gets collapsed or not, because he has to build off of that frame to create another one. And he's using the overhook with the left hand at this point. Nope. Bermuda's lets it go. Doesn't need to. Bermuda's sticking to the orthodox stance. Hard low kicks there from Bermudez, turning him in a circle in the process. Ooh, again. Let's see if Feely can get back to the range. Switches stances and throws a right hook. That was nice. Hard jab and another takedown. Boy, Andre Feely is taking down Dennis Bermudez twice with two perfectly timed doubles because he's taking advantage of the aggression and the forward movement, the sort of not reckless but like strong forward movement of Dennis Bermudez to the point where he's just able to lift them off of his feet. Nice round by Andre Feely. I don't know if he won. How'd you guys score that? How'd you guys score that? Dennis is going to lose on takedowns. Who saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. What stream are you watching? I have YouTube TV. I have YouTube TV. Do you guys have YouTube TV? Here's what I'll say about YouTube TV. It's, it's in terms of like the user interface, because I've got like the Fire Stick with Amazon and I've got um, Sling. And the two are not mutually exclusive, but I've got like Sling on one TV. I've got 
I've got uh, Amazon and my the TV in my bedroom, and then I have on my computers. I use YouTube TV. Of course, you can cast it to a TV. I'm just saying I don't really like turn on YouTube TV on the TV. I just see if, if there's anything on, then I'll cast it. Uh, it's got the best and easiest to use interface. It just doesn't have a lot of channels, so it's only issue. Is Bermudez the only UFC fighter in the Guinness Book of World Records? That's a good question. I don't know. All right, here we go. Round two, five, 49, 58, 57, 56, 55, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. And again, feeling right back to the long jab. Exiting in circular motion instead of straight back. Good job by him. Trying to stay in the center at the same time under the pressure of, oh, and then try to, instead of going for the double, you see these guys coming forward, what's what you can counteract that? You can hit the double because they can't get their hips behind them because they're driving into you. And the other one is to sort of fire the uppercut, a la Matt Yushchenko and um, Arlovsky. Not exactly the same scenario, but just a vicious uppercut where you got around the arm, you know. This is what I mean when I say Dennis Bermudez is so talented, but he often fights on his opponent's terms. I'd really like to see him, you know, swinging from the outside and missing. So Feely is just pulling out of range and then cracking him with his own shot. Here comes another double, turns the corner. Wow, who had Andre Feely out wrestling Dennis Bermudez on the UFC Charlotte bingo card? Because I didn't. Good lord, nice decent inside trip there. From would have worked by Dennis Bermudez, but the fence saved Feely, and then Feely pulls him off the hips and then digs the underhook. Good. Andre Feely's wrestling is massively improved. Massively improved. That is the story of this fight. One, it's the range. But we all kind of knew that was going to be the case. I don't know a lot of people that, that saw that he was going to be able to turn doubles so effectively on Dennis Bermudez. But he's kind of laying him up for him a little bit. Nice high crotch lift. And what, look at the sick balance of Andre Feely. Good lord. We're at 313 now of the, of the second round. Bermudez has a lot of leg kicks. I guess we need to pay more attention to those, or I do anyway. Feely switching stances. I'm not really sure what he's doing at this point. Shoots the double, turns with the right hook, misses. And there's that leg kick again from uh, from Dennis Bermudez. It's a nice leg kick. Fair enough. Oof. Another hard one. And another hard one. Bermudez has got to do it, and then, you know, he's got to kind of move away a little bit at the same time. He just kind of throws it and stays there, and... And so Feely's able to light him up, but those kicks are nice, man. Two twenty-seven, two twenty-six, two twenty-five of the second round. Feely goes to the head kick, the old Artem Lobov sleeper. Didn't get it. See, you see, see do you see that again here? 206. You see Bermudez charging in with punches. He's so far away, Feely can just back out, and then he's still got the arm length to counter him over the top because he's still in distance. It's just it's just good work by Andre Feely. He's fighting his fight more than Bermudez is fighting his, although Bermudez has those vicious leg kicks, those matter as well. So I'm not saying he's running away with it, it's just it could be different.
better. Feely tries another takedown. Bermuda stuffs it. He has double underhooks now. Presses him against the fence at 130. Oof. Bermuda's is going to be hard to take down in static position. He's only You're noticing that Feely's only able to take him down when he's getting him coming into him. If they're clinched, he can't just change levels and pick him up like that. It's not going to work. But if he's getting him in motion, that's when he's having a lot more success with it. And then he times the leg kick, puts him down again. Again, it's when it's if 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 they're kind of close together and they're tied up in a clinch, Feely's not going to get it. But if he can get him moving in some kind of way, positionally or any even with his offense, then he can get things done. Now, you have Bermudez with this wide open like half. Uh, no, excuse me, full butterfly now at 30 se- 35 seconds left on the, the clock. And there you go. See Feely attempting a pass without really controlling anything. And the, a lot of guys like these like hop over passes from that position. But when you hop over from double butterfly, you're not really controlling anything it, and you're creating space. So if you create space against the guy like Dennis Bermudez, they're going to be able to turn to their base and get up because you there's there's no there's no head and hip control. And so he just got up and, and moved. And that's the round. Okay, round three. How'd you guys score it? How'd you guys score it? So it says the judges have been awful today, so the scores will be everywhere. Guaranteed. That is guaranteed to be true. (laughs) Artem Goatbov. So it says Bermudez is doing more damage, 1919. Yo, is there anything Shaq won't sell? Honestly? Like, who came to a commercial with Shaq? It's like, Shaq, buddy. Like, what would what would it be like for Shaq to say no to selling it? It's like, Shaq, we, we, we really have... We just need you to sell these new Dairy Queen shit burgers. Would you please, you know, what would it take? You know, lifetime supply of blizzards? Consider it a done deal. All right, here we go. 56, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 450. All right, let's see who can... It might be a round piece here, folks. Hard to say exactly, but certainly you at least have to consider that possibility if you're either of these guys. Bermudez was the nice left hook as Feely fades that way against the fence to avoid fence contact. But say Feely needs to get busy here. There we go. Bermudez doing a lot better job of crowding the space. Feely with the Benson Henderson jab, which is sort of like a standing back fist. Oof. 
Okay, we're now 340 in. Not a ton of action in this round so far. It's a little bit closer. Bermudez jabbing in with his head in the exact same space every time. So he gets backed up, and then Feely just uppercuts him on the way in. Hard low kick again. He gets eaten. He eats a right for it, but a nice, nice low kick by Dennis Bermudez. Nice head kick punch combo there from Feely. Feely tries for a double, turns it. Like, oh my God, the athleticism of Dennis Bermudez turns his hips over, totally negates it. Well done. You know what? Bermudez might win on pressure on this round, man. He's really just staying in the face of. There's just not enough contact by Feely at this point to keep to keep Bermudez off of him. Oh, he gets hit in the cup at 2.30. At 2.30, he gets hit in the cup, and they've stopped the bout temporarily anyway. They've halted it. It's not, it's not over. Dude's taking his five minutes. He's gassed. Yeah, that's certainly his right. You'd be like, oh, he's gaming the system. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Of course, your opponent benefits from it as well, but sure. Why not? You need a refill. Yeah, I know I do. It's terrible, right? Here we go. Fight is back on. 230, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25. Oof. Hard. I mean, give credit to Bermudez really going after that low leg kick. There he is, jabbing and then lowering his level and then jabbing again. Much better from Bermudez. He's <coughs> Finally, he's making the adjustments. Good, now he's crowding the space. Yo, Bermudez is taking it to him in this round. He's fighting much more of his fight than he is Feely's fight. Really staying in his face much better this time. Forcing bad reactions, hurried decisions. This is better from Bermudez, for sure. So far, but it's still, we're at 135 left in the first round. Man. Feely's just not as active. He's not connecting. He's not he's just not getting Bermudez into any kind of uncomfortable space to slow him down or uh, enable 
Feely to really pile on the offense afterward. He did land a nice left there, but we're at 105 into the third round, and he hasn't done much this round. Another leg kick from Bermudez. And now he backs him up, throwing wild hooks. One of them kind of lands. Feely just went away from the jab here. Even when he's throwing it, it's not really landing. And now he's getting a little bit desperate on the takedown rather than timing it off the, you know, the errant, unpredictable moment. Another left hook to the body from Bermudez. Yeah, this is going to be, this is, this is for sure, this is for sure Bermudez's round. So it really depends how you scored the first two rounds. Should be, I'm going to guess, should be Bermudez's fight. But we will see here. We have... 17 seconds left. Bermudez gets the takedown. Well done. Who wanted it more in the third round? Really came down to that, didn't it? It's, it seems anyway. Nice buck and roll by Feely. Bermudez goes to the armbar. Can't get it. Ends up underneath. But the round is ending and he gets the underhook and stands. And the round will end there against the fence. Good fight. Good fight from those guys. Good fight. Really good fight. I'm going to say I'm going to guess based on what I'm going to I'm going to give my prediction based on what I think the judges saw. I think the judges are probably going to give it to Bermudez, but honestly, I don't know. How'd you guys score it? How'd you guys score it? Meanwhile, I'm going to check Twitter. Oh, thanks to everyone who's watching on Twitter. I appreciate it. Well, not watching on Twitter, but telling me on Twitter that they're watching. <laughs> All right. You know what album I've been bumping the last week? Um, Rain Supreme by Dying Fetus. Boy, there's a couple tracks on that album that will. If you don't want to, I mean, if you if you listen to Subjected to a Beating, and in the trenches, and you don't like feel like you could have jumped in that gorilla enclosure and fist fought Harambe and probably won and saved that kid and become the hero of the, you know. The national news media for like uh, not only did a local man from Washington D.C. listen to Dying Fetus, and in a fit of rage apparently, albeit positive rage, jumped into the gorilla enclosure, fist fought a gorilla known as Harambe, choked him unconscious, and saved the child. He is the new national hero. I would have been on with Michael Strahan on like Good Morning America, you know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> I'm just saying. What they should have done is they should have had that album on standby in case a kid falls in the gorilla enclosure, play it, and if there's any man worth his, you know, worth a shit who was in earshot of that, they would have just, you know, ripped their shirt off and dove headfirst into the gorilla enclosure and been like, put your dukes up, Harambe, we're about to, you know, we're about to go. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Let's see who wins.
Let's see. Oh, it's a split. Wow, Andre Feely wins. Wow. Wow. Well, it was close. Wow. That's two split decisions for Bermudez that he's lost. The uh, Elkins one, which was close, and now this one. Oof. Wow, that's a big win for Andre Feely. That's a really redemptive win. Man. Hmm. You know what? They should have had they should have played in the trenches for Bermudez. He'd have gone there and just knuckled down Andre Feely. Would have knuckled down anybody, including Harambe. All right, here's what I'm gonna do. I have to go to the bathroom. So I'm gonna pause the stream's gonna continue. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a graphic that I hope holds until I get back. It may not, so you may just see an empty chair for a minute or two. I hope that doesn't happen, but I'm gonna try this so I can go to the bathroom and when I come back, we'll resume this for the main event. So if you gotta go to the bathroom, Now's your chance. I'm going to run to the bathroom. I'll be back. My, my goal is less than three minutes. I have to go to the bathroom. I will be right back. I promise. I promise. I promise. Okay? Here we go. Let's see if I can get this to work.
All right, we are back. We are back. We are back. How are we doing? Haters here. How do you think the Twitch chat compares with the YouTube chat? Um, so far, so good. I don't really use the YouTube chat functionality, but uh, the Twi the Twitch one seems pretty good. Seems pretty good. Should be fine. I can hear myself. Okay, what are we missing here? Oh, my phone. Main event predictions, boys and girls. Main event predictions. Who do you got? Jacare? Or you got uh, Derek Brunson? Let me know. What method? What round? Who's going to win? Five round fight, potentially, anyway. What's it going to be? I got a text from a buddy. Who's seen the end of... The end of the fucking world. That's a thing on Netflix? I didn't know. Post USADA Jacare is lackluster. I don't know if I go that far. There we are. Yeah, I've listened to Jedi Mind Tricks. People always recommend things to me, assuming that like they live in a world where they're the only ones who know about it. I've listened to Jedi Mind Tricks for a while. Uh, I went to see them in concert, and the, they had like some DC opener, and then it was like Mr. Liff, who sucked. And then it was... Um, God, who was after that? It was... Um, it's one of the Army of the Pharaoh donks. It was um, Outer Space. And they're they were fine, but like they just yelled into the microphone. So the gate, the, the gates, the doors opened at like seven. The show started at eight. It was eleven thirty, and there were still two acts to go before <laughs> Jedi Mytrix. So I left. I left. I was like, "Fuck this!" I mean, this is a waste of my time. So I left. I left. Um, but yeah, Army of the Pharaohs, self-titled, Apathy. I like those. I mean, their their homophobia is a little bit just bizarre and impossible to justify. But when they're not doing that dumb shit, they're uh, they're good to listen to. All right, the main event starting here at nine forty five. Not starting, but the walkouts, I suppose. All right. Uh, love to know your favorite the thoughts of my favorite band, Lamb of God. Love Lamb of God, uh, Richmond, Virginia. They were originally called Burning the Priest. Um, my favorites, well, not my favorite song, but like, I like, um, just to, for my gym playlist, which I realize there's many ways to enjoy Lamb of God than beyond the gym, but would be, uh, believe it or not, wine and piss, but 512, um, you know, redneck, um, uh, ghost walking is one of my favorite songs. I mean, you could just go on and on and on with Lamb of God. Love, love, love Lamb of God. I like them a lot. Would you rather beat a woman or get beat by a man on national TV? I'd rather get beat by a man on national TV. Uh, Ashes of the Wake, one of the greatest albums ever. No argument for me, my friends. No argument for me. Listen to Nails at all. No, can't say that I do. 
Uh, like, what's what am I listening to right now? Let me pull up my thing. Oh, you know, listen to right now. I'll tell you exactly what I'm listening to. Um, I told you, Rain Supreme from Dying Fetus. Uh, I've been listening to um, God, the fucking name of that. Al- Who are these donkeys? Uh, oh, that art is murder. Was it fur and claw or claw and fur? That song. You're not allowed to say you wouldn't beat a woman. <laughs> uh, hold on, what's that song I like? Hold on, let me p- put this on mute so you can't hear it. Human body bag. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Hope this doesn't get my thing taken down. Yeah, it's uh, Fur and Claw. Hold on. Yo, where's Harambe? We about to fist fight. Hold on. Here we go. Wait. Come on, y'all. I will pick up a thousand pounds. <clears throat> I will outlive, out deadlift Eddie Hall listening to that. Come on. I mean, come on. Easy call. Easy call. I mean, I won't actually out deadlift Eddie Hall listening to that, but you get the idea. Do you rub any vitamins or creams in your face to grow such a luscious beard? Nope. I need to trim it, though. Out of control, right? My Chemical Romance, I'd rather have liquid AIDS shot into my face. Fan of Run the Jewels. You know, I saw Run the Jewels a couple of times, and I like Killer Mike. I actually like Run the Jewels a lot, but I'll be honest about it, and this is going to sound, I don't know, whatever, but there, I've never been to a rap concert that was, I think Killer, I, I don't know how to say this, like it was nothing but dorky white kids. Which, you know, is fine. There's nothing wrong with being that for... Spent a good portion of my life being one of those. But, I don't know. Something off-putting about it. Like, you go to a Freddie Gibbs concert, and it's not that at all. And then you go to a Run the Jewels concert, you're like... Mm. Everyone here has definitely been to a Mumford & Sons concert before, too. I don't know. It just wasn't my crowd. But I do, I do like Killer Mike, and I do like LP a lot. I, I like their music. Shave your head. I used to have a shaved head. Do you listen to Green Day? When I was in high school, they were big. Run the Jewels has a lot of hipster cred due to Pitchfork hyping them up them up a lot. I believe that. I believe that. Someone says metal music is Ebola. Well, yeah, if you if you PC uh, sitting down, but for the rest of us, it's not. Did you ever go through a new metal phase in the early uh, OOs? Yeah, of course. I saw um, God who it was Mob Deep and Limp Biscuit. I saw them in concert. It was a terrible concert. We left again. We left early, but but sure. Um, 
Everybody did back in that time, but I was like, this is fucking horrendous, and we left. So I can at least have, I can at least put that in my back pocket. Um, who was like the most new metal? I, I never liked Linkin Park, although obviously you know Chester, rest in peace. Uh, who did I, uh, God, oh, I some of these names I can't remember anymore. Um, who was like a new metal band that I actually liked? Not many. They had a they had what was that band that had a falling out with Fred Durst because they wanted to sign with him and then they didn't, and they signed with somebody else. Oh, uh, you know what you know what new metal band I liked for a time. You guys ever heard of Flaw? For a time, I listened to some of their stuff. Slipknot. Slipknot's got some good stuff, but they got a lot of bad stuff too. The only song from Slipknot I really like is uh, Custer. Another band that will increase your deadlift performance is Meshuggah. I can confirm this is true. Lil Uzi Vert, any metal band. If you listen to Lil Uzi Vert, uh, it's it's a guaranteed lock that you go to bed by wearing diapers and sucking a pacifier. It's not possible to have a mammalian brain and appreciate Lil Uzi Vert. Alright, someone says, let's talk fights. I agree. Forget all that stuff. Let's get down to the fighting, boys and girls. Jacare or Brunson? Here is my sense of things as we head into the main event today. I am going to tell you that Jacare has looked a little bit old. I do not believe this to be the same kind of fight that it would have been. Uh, hold on just a second here. Let me refresh this. Mm -mm. There we are. Brunson, here's the thing. If Brunson fights in a way that is in keeping with his ability and he does he does sort of like what I could call the Goldilocks method where he doesn't rush in too much and then he gets KO like he did against Whitaker or then lay back too much and then sort of gives the fight away to Anderson Silva, if he gets that nice middle ground where he applies pressure but doesn't lay it up on a platter for Jacare, this is his fight to lose. I, I absolutely believe that. But um, what's he going to do? I just don't know. I just don't know. But the thing about Jacare is he's always been an excellent athlete and an amazing ta tactician. But if he's not reliant upon athleticism. It's just been woven into the fabric of how he fights. It's not like he has poor technique and then gets by on athleticism. He has both. But one of those is dropping off, right? Just natural due to age. He's 38 years old. So how's this going to go? I don't really know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, but my sense is Jacare can win this. I lean a little bit towards Derek Brunson. But... It's such a question mark because how is Derek Brunson going to fight in a context like this where he's known for being smart, but he's known for being too distant, and he's known for being reckless? Um, we'll see how he we'll see how he does it. Derek Brunson's eighteen and five, six one. I'm not sure what the uh, hand motioning is, but. If it puts him in the zone, I'm all in favor of it. He is from North Carolina. And there's Jacare. Jacare, 24 and 5 with one no contest, 6 foot 1, 186 pounds, fighting out of Rio or Rio de Janeiro. Jacare. How is Jacare number 3? He hasn't fought since April of 2017 when he lost. That seems odd, right?
bunch of Brazilians in Charlotte. I was unaware. Here we go. Face off. That's me taking screenshots for a thumbnail later. I always take a bunch. There we go. Let's do this, boys and girls. Main event time. Here we go. Okay. Jacare takes center at 55, 54, 53, 52, 51, 50. Brunson probing with leg kicks on the outside, although not behind the two black lines. They're very much in the center. So here we go. Early Brunson showing some restraint, some deference to the skills of Jacare. We'll see how this goes. Jacare, of course, in your orthodox position, Brunson in the southpaw. Let's see who takes the outside lead foot positioning so far, Jacare. Jacare has that, he always has this style, right? Where he's got one hand kind of probing and then one hand just sort of fixed. He doesn't really have hand, loose hands, you know? And neither guy really pressing the other guy too hard here. Looks like they're both just, you know, taking their time, five-round fight. Just feel each other out. Decent middle kick there from Jacare, but parried by Brunson. So now you have Jacare leading with a closed fist, and now you have this sort of ball and socket game with Brunson where you can do that to measure it, to tap it down, to get him out of the way, to disrupt the rhythm, to help judge your distance. There's a lot of reasons why you might do that. Now Brunson opens up with his first left hand after double jabbing on his way inside. You know, kind of like jabbing, then hooking, and then throwing a straight. So getting warmed up here at 328 of the first round. Now they're swinging. Now they're swinging, boys. Brunson opening up with hooks. Chin a little bit in the air. Comes in with a lead uppercut. Jacare backs up and tries to fire a right hook over the top. I think it partially lands, so... Jacare looking okay so far. Brunson doing this bit... Like, look at Brunson's chin, man. It's a little bit uncomfortably high. He's trying to look over his gloves, you know, which I understand. But he's backing Jacare up, so he's not really going to pay for it right now. But if Jacare kind of ducks and rolls, man, that could be a problem. Jacare showing a little bit more movement now from the trunk. Well, he was. As soon as I say that, he stops. Nice, sort of sneaky, uh, off-rhythm off right hand, catching him on the half beat, right? You don't throw when they're, like, in position, going side to side or back and forth. You catch them when they're in the middle of it, right, where they can't see it coming. Nice, nice, solid right hand from Jacare. Jacare's doing better than I thought he would. We're now at 159 of the first round. Brunson, Brunson running him along the fence line. Jacare goes for a double. Brunson whizzers and stuffs it. Catches him with a knee to the uh, ribs as Jacare tries to close in on him again. Nice stuff. Nice timing by Jacare. Nice stuff. A nice use of the wizard getting his hips down by Brunson. Now Brunson's winging hooks. 
And he gets clipped with a right hand charging in. I'm telling you, man. Brunson's chin is just, I mean, it's just uncomfortably high for me. It's hard, man. If you've never, oh, head kick. Head kick from Jacare drops Brunson. A right hand puts him down. A left, another left, two more lefts. That's it. That's it. Dan Mergliata, whoa! Whoa! What a triumphant return for Jacare. Whoa! Oh my goodness. Jacare laying on the canvas, like, seems to be overcome with emotion. I'm overcome with emotion. Wow, he looks like he's crying, and the Brazilians are all chanting in unison. Of course they are. That's a solid win by Jacare. Solid win. He looks like he's been dealing with the weight of the world. He is crying with uh, sitting on his rear end and his hands on his knees. Wow. Wow. I have to see how he caught him with the head kick. Incredible. Let's see here. Presses into him. Throws the head kick. Brunson blocks it, but with just one hand, it goes over the top of the glove. And that wasn't enough. you got to get the two hands up. Oh, man. Wow. Brunson was there. He did what he was supposed to. Just a naked kick he throws, but it goes over the top. Brunson read it. Just it went, went right over. And then he throws a left hook and then a right hook over the top. Oh, and then two more left hooks, three more left hooks. And then Mergliata stops it. Wow. Wow. Jacare, man. I left him for on the side of the road for dead. Incredible, huh? That's an, I mean, an athlete and, and a sensational win. Unbelievable. I'm going to want to hear his comments. I'll close this, this uh, podcast once we hear what he has to say. Man, what is your reaction to that? I would love to see it. Someone says, not a poor stoppage. Could have let it go longer. No, you couldn't have. In fact, I, th I thought he went a little bit longer. Jacare versus Weidman. Would love to see that. Where are they at in the rankings? Let's see. If you go to UFC rankings, now we had Jacare at three. So, let's see. This is your middleweight rankings as we speak right now. This, of course, will change. Come Monday, your champion Robert Whitaker, number one, Yoel Romero, two, Luke Rockhold. As we know, they're going to fight at UFC 221. Then Jacques Array, then George St. Pierre, but he's gone right below that. Chris Weidman, that is the fight to make. Jacques Array, Chris Weidman. Below that, Kelvin Gastelum, Michael Bisping, Derek Brunson, and so forth. Yes, completely agree. Jacques Array and Weidman, that is the, that is the fight to make. Unbelievably. Someone says, I lost respect for you, Luke, after hearing your playlist. Do you think I could give a fuck less? Uh, mm, mm, amazing. What an amazing win. And here's the good news for us. It's 10.02 and the main event is over. Here's the bad news for the UFC. They had a one-round main event. So the ratings for this were never going to be good to begin with, and they're going to be even worse now. I just feel like Brunson has just, he's hes a talented athlete. He can wrestle. He can strike. You know, obviously, he, he, he at a bare minimum has anti-jujitsu, you know. I just feel like he can't calibrate sometimes what kind of, he can't calibrate effective 
he just can't marshal emotional resources effectively. They they overtake his judgment sometimes, and they don't allow him to bring his skills to bear. It is not that Derek Brunson is not a skilled fighter. He's a very skilled fighter. And when he's on, man, he's on. I think Mike Bond, MMA Junkie, pointed out this week, he's got more first, he has he owns more first-round KO wins in the middleweight division than anybody else. He can do good work. You know, he can do very good work. But um, at the same time, he just, there's, he he just has a problem calibrating to what extent he wants to employ his offense and into what kind of, um, you know, not depth exactly, but what kind of pressure. Let's hear a little bit. Let's see what he has to say. Solid win by Jacques Array. Jacare's anniversary. That's awesome. Speaking English, good good for him, man. Let's watch the replay again. Yeah, he 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 saw it coming. It just. Maybe the speed of the kick was too much for him to even get the two. Oh, yeah, that's a good stoppage. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Congratulations to Jacare. Round of applause for that man. Round of applause for that man. All right, y'all. Let's mute this. Hey, so this has been kind of fun, right? We didn't go very long because the fights didn't go very long, but there you go. So here's what I'm going to say. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. It would mean a lot to me. I really appreciate it. I know I got kidnapped by ISIS tonight, but I swear this is only temporary. And I know you don't have to believe it, but it is true. Um, and if you're watching on Twitch, thank you for watching on Twitch. I really appreciate it. If you want to help me get better at Twitch, you can email me. LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. I will read it. I try to respond to everybody. So please uh, uh, let me know what some things I can do to make this better. Um, big doings, y'all. I'm in the middle of a, uh, a renovation in my home so I can bring better streaming. I'm in the middle of renovation so I can do better work. So you can you can enjoy the kind of quality that I think an audience deserves, to be quite honest. And that somebody should, should be doing in 2018. So... I just want to say thank you for watching. I really appreciate it. You don't have to, and you chose to spend time with me, and and um, I don't take that for granted. And it was kind of fun, to be honest, right? So better from here. Give me suggestions on how to get better on Twitch. Give me suggestions on anything I can do to improve your YouTube experience. 
and give me suggestions on a better name than whatever stupid ass name I, I gave it um, for episode one. But we'll do more of these, and not just for MMA, for anything, but I'll label it. So if you want to watch MMA stuff, you can, and if you don't, you can pass on to the next one. Um, okay, guys, thank you so much for watching. Let me pull this up so I can get this going. I really appreciate it. Uh, one more time before I forget. Right? Yeah, remember to subscribe. It's always good. I've said what I had to say. Thank you so much. I need to sign off as well. But until next time, I will see you on the other side.